You may know it as the place where you send your taxes, but there's so much more to this modern metropolis. Today on RV Miles, Kansas City, here we come. and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, and we are so excited to welcome you to episode five of the RV Miles podcast. If you want to find today's show notes, you can do so over at rvmiles.com slash episode five. You can also keep up with RV Miles on social media at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And if you're interested in keeping up with Jason and I and our three boys' personal travels, you can find us at OurWanderingFamily.com, and we are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Today, we're going to talk about Kansas City, where everything is up to date. <laughs> <laughs> and, then we're going to, and then we're going to talk about... before. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> that was really funny. You got a musical theater reference in, finally, on the podcast. Only took five episodes. <laughs> We're going to talk about learning in the national parks. We're going to talk about how you can use all the resources that the national parks offer to help create an educational educational experience for your kids or your grandkids or or yourself. This is going to be a really interesting (laughs) podcast today. (laughs) I can already see it. But before we do all that... Before we jump into the news and all that good stuff... We we have a giveaway that we're doing. Yay! Our first giveaway. Our first giveaway. So we're partnering with a company called Wanderlust, and they're an on, online retail merchandise outlet for those who yearn to wander. Ooh. They make some really cool stuff. So they send us a package of a few things to give away, and all you have to do to get a chance to win these items is go to our Facebook page, rvmiles.com, spelled out is how you could type it in. But just search for RV Miles on Facebook. And you have to like our Facebook page, and you have to like the post that is pinned at the top of the page that is about Wanderlust. Yes, and it will have lots of pretty pictures for you can, so you can see the items. But we have these really cool items that Jody over at Wanderlust sent us. And we've got a t-shirt that is their National Park Junkies, which is kind of their signature, um, I guess, design over at Wanderlust. And on the back of it, it's got a map of the United States. And then inside the map of the United States is listed every national park in this really cool sort of like... Fun and hip kind of, I don't know, It's like text art, I think it's called. Dynamic text. Dynamic text. That's really (laughs) fancy. Okay. So also they sent us a decal that is a National Park Junkie. And it says NPJ and then it says National Park Junkie. This is one of those oval-shaped decals that that are all the rage that people have on the back of their vehicles. So you two can be cool now. And then they sent us a really cool who rag bandana and this is i love this thing because it is it's again the national park junkies it's got all the national parks listed on it but you can wear it in like a thousand ways you can wear it as a headband you can wear it over your face you can wear it around your neck it's stretchable it's all one piece and there's probably like 15 or 20 different ways you could wear this it's kind of a tube shaped thing where 
You can turn it into a beanie. You can pull it down around your neck as a scarf. You can wear it on your wrist. You can do yeah, uh, so use a headband. It's really cool. We will link to our Facebook page in the show notes for today. You can go over and see these pictures, which will do a much better description of what these items are than we just did, and enter the giveaway. And the giveaway is going to be going on for a couple more weeks. We will randomly pick someone. We will contact you via Facebook, and we'll mail these items to you. So thank you very much to Jody, our friends over at Wanderlust, for doing this giveaway with us. And you can find them at wanderlustmark.com and also nationalparkjunkie.com. And remember, go to our Facebook page, like the page, and then go to that first pinned post that will be about the giveaway and like like the post as well. And that's how you enter. All right. So there we go. So that was a little RV Miles news. Now we can do the news. The news. <laughs> so the what news. do we got this week? So uh, a couple short things that I thought were inter- interesting. Uh, Jellystone the the campground brand it, it's actually the the second largest campground brand in the country they're they're looking to expand they're creating their own westward expansion their own westward they are headed west they're headed west they're 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 looking for franchisees to open up jellystone campgrounds or convert their campground into a jellystone campground in the west and the southwest so they're holding sort of this this get together at their park in Burleston, Texas so if you are somebody that's interested in opening a campground and i got to say this is a time to open a campground it is man I, they're, it's popular to RV right now. It is. The, the number of, we've talked about it every week, the number of RVs that have been sold in the last few years and and the, the lack of availability to, to park one, yep. especially in the Southwest. Come on. Yeah. So, you know, you've got this option. If you are a huge fan of Jellystone, well, start cheering and clapping your hands right now because they're headed west. If you are looking to maybe get in on something with your campground or into a campground, perhaps this will be for you. We will link to it in the show notes and you can go check it out a little bit more for yourself. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They're going to put put people up in a uh, in one of their luxury cabins oh, for yeah, a weekend. Oh, I forgot about that. So, so, you know, you get to experience the luxury Jellystone cabins. Uh, next on the list, there's a recall of some some motorhomes. Rut-row. Yeah, not a big not a big deal. E- an easy fix. Um, REV Recreation Group. They manufacture Fleetwood, Monaco, Holiday Rambler. Uh, most of their 17, 18 Class A's are being recalled for for their headlights. The headlights are the glass is not tempered glass, so it can you know shatter. Whoa. <laughs> so it's a minor yeah, it's repair, a minor. So you, but kind of a yeah. big deal. I mean, did they say how many Class A's this involves? It's not a lot. They said it's about 219. If you want to go to www.safecar.gov, I recommend anybody that has an RV or, you know, if you just have an automobile, go to this site and you can see if there is an open recall on your car. This particular recall, they're going to, you know, go replace these headlights. It's a free fix, and it's no big deal. But you can enter the make and model of your car, your RV, on safecar.gov, and they will send you updates on your vehicle whether there is a recall like this. And you'd be surprised how many people are driving around on vehicles that have have small recalls like this on them. We hear about the big ones right? that, you know, airbags are 
malfunctioning and things like that. But these little ones we don't hear about as often on the news, and I think it's important to know. Yeah, so it's a great website to go to, and while it is an easy fix, it's still kind of a big deal. Headlights are important. Right. We need I them mean, to you, see. You lose a headlight at night while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. That could cause an accident easily. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, we say this at the end of every little news blur, but we will link to it in the show notes to make it easy for you to find and go over and check out this information. Perhaps you drive one of these Class A's. A little bit of news from the National Park Service. They had a, a water bottle ban. I didn't know about this. Did you know about the water bottle ban well, it's of 2011, a- <laughs> the great ban of 2011? Well, it wasn't a ban on people bringing in water bottles. Um, and these are disposable water bottles, of course. Right. Uh, but it was a ban on parks selling them. And not all parks were... Obe- Some parks were rebelling they against all- this ban. Actually, most weren't obeying the ban. <laughs> But what, but it, what it was causing was these parks were then just selling, you know, flavored water and Gatorade and soda instead. So people aren't buying. Hydrating. Uh, they're not hydrating. They're not buying the healthiest option. And we posted this article and there are a lot of comments of two sides of the coin. Sure. You know, if you're selling disposable water bottles in the park when there is a water bottle refill station. I love those water, water bottles. They're great. Those water bottle refill stations are the yeah. best. And I wish that more and more locations would put these in because not only does it like encourage you to fill up your water bottle, but it's a whole heck of a lot easier than trying to do it like at the water fountain. Yeah, you use one one thumb and then you've got the other one holding the bottle right. and you have to have an angle and it doesn't fill the water bottle all the way up. It no. spills on you. I know, listen to us. You're just- taking over the water fountain from people <laughs> while they sit and wait for you to fill your water bottle. It's no. a mess. I, it's just a mess. Nobody <laughs> likes a mess. But I do think it's really great because it's filtered and a lot of times it's cold and just seeing those actually... I I think encourages people yeah. to fill up their water bottles or to bring water bottles because they know this location will have a place for them to fill up. So, I mean, I think it's, I still think it's smart to lift the ban and let water bottles come back in or, but I don't quite understand why they were still selling like sodas, but yeah, no I mean, water. It, it, I mean, it's one of those things where you either you try to reduce plastic waste or you, or you don't. And you're darned if you do, and you're yeah. darned if you don't, yeah. I think, a little bit with this one. And so, hopefully, this will still encourage people, and there will still be plenty of places you can recycle. So, if you do need to buy a bottle of water to stay hydrated, because that is very important, just make sure you recycle it. Keep our parks clean, right? All right. Well, that is the news for today. That might be, like, the shortest we news we've done. Great. Not that we've, like, you know, have a history of really mm-hmm. long news, but... That was pretty short. But we have a lot to talk about coming up, so it's good that we have the extra time to do it. Yes, it is. And we'll be right back. Are you looking to rent an RV? Or perhaps you'd like to rent out your own and make a little money? Whatever your needs, RV Share has you covered. As the fastest growing peer-to-peer online RV rental platform... RV Share is similar to Airbnb's concept of travel, but for RVs. Every rental booked through their secure payment system is backed by a $10,000 guarantee and includes 24-hour travel concierge and roadside assistance. With options across the country, there's an RV rental or renter out there for you. For more information, visit rvmiles.com slash rvshare and get started today.
Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. As you know, last week we kind of switched it up a little bit, and I read the brain teaser, and Jason had to guess. So he had to be in the hot seat last week. So, Jason, have you given this brain teaser a lot of thought? Like, has it kept you up at night, and do you have an answer? Yeah. What's your answer? Why don't you tell people, why don't you remind the people <laughs> but I'm what the so brain curious. teaser is first. I'm going to be so frustrated if you know this answer, because I never know the answer. And Okay, anyway, here is last week's brain teaser. What can travel around the world while staying in a corner? Mm. Jason, mm. do you have an answer? Mm. You can't think about this forever. People out there are waiting. Yeah, it's a stamp. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so annoyed with you right now. You looked up the answer, well, didn't you? Maybe you shouldn't have left it open on the computer after we finished <laughs> last week's it. podcast. <laughs> you cheated. I can't help it. You left it open. It was the first thing I saw. Oh, all right. Well, he answered it. was a good it. one, though. It was. It, a good was. One. it was short and sweet, and that's why I liked it. So you answered it, but you didn't get it right. Because even though it was a right answer, you still don't win. That's and so true. we're still... We're both still zero yes, for zero. We're still zero, 0 for 5. So we will have this week's new brain teaser at the end of the podcast, and it will be a Jason-selected brain teaser this week. <laughs> so it's going to be like 40 minutes long. <laughs> so anyway, moving on, we wanted to talk a little bit about the national parks and how you can bring education into your experience inside the park, even more so than just the general, like attending and being in the park and experiencing everything that's there, which is already such an amazing education. But the National Park Service has really put together such a comprehensive like package for road schoolers, unschoolers, or homeschoolers, uh, classrooms, or really just anyone who's interested in going deeper into the national park they're going to visit. Yeah, it could be just, you know, your grandkids if you're taking them. Absolutely. You don't have to be an educator. You don't have to be a homeschooler no. to to participate. That's and, a great point. And I think, you know, we're also not just talking about our 58 or 59. How many national parks do we have now? I can't remember. I have. I should know <laughs> that. Edit this part and insert our voice saying the correct number. 59. <laughs> 58. Anyway. So, a but, few... So, they, op- they operate the, you know, they've, they've got the historic trails, the historic sites, the national monuments, scenic trails, historic corridors, the national seashores. So... Everybody's got National Park Service sites near them. It's not just the parks. And there's always a place where you can go. And you just wouldn't believe the educational opportunities that are available to you when you go to these places. And the first one we want to talk about is the Junior Ranger Program. Which is, I would say, the most well-known of all the programs. And we do try to make a point of every park that we visit to do the Junior Ranger Program with our boys. And I feel like that has been a really successful way to introduce the park or the um, site that we're at at their level. And in fact, some places even have junior ranger programs for the smaller set. Like we have a preschooler, we have a four-year-old, and it's been really great to see that his brothers have their book, which is really geared towards them. But some places, like when we were at the Gulf Shores, they had a preschooler book, and he felt really proud 
to be able to complete that, just like his big brothers. Now, often he will have his own Junior Ranger book that's still um, age-appropriate for his older siblings, but we still try to, like, piece it out a little bit for him. There's usually a wide range of activities for different groups. So short story long, what I'm saying is you can make this Junior Ranger program accessible to any age group that you have with you. You know, another really great thing about the Junior Ranger program is that they also offer booklets that are are more of an overall picture of the National Park. Like we have a couple booklets here that are on junior paleontologists. We have one that's a junior ranger night explorer, and we have a historic preservation. So these are booklets that our boys have done that have not been site-specific, like uh, recently we did the Harry Truman, and that was all about Harry Truman. But these kind of give you a more broad look at what you can do as a ranger inside the National Park. And I think that's really cool. And they even give them little badges for those, too. Yeah, so the the way it works is you, you go to the ranger station at the National Park Service site, and they give you a booklet. And these are, they're eight and a half by 11 full color glossy booklets. They're really nice. And they're, it's full of activities. Some of them are scavenger hunts. Some of them are sort of question and answer where you go mm-hmm. find things around the area to give you clues to answer the questions that you're looking at. Um, and other just different sorts of uh, children's activities, matching and, and things like that. Yeah, there's been some ones where they've been able to draw and do, you know, create sort of their own scenario of the park. But I think, you know, some of the things I've really appreciated with our nine-year-old is, especially with this Harry Truman one, one of the questions they asked him was, what would his decision have been about dropping the bomb? You know, Harry Truman had to make this decision about the atomic bomb. It and that actually, that was that was on our kids' minds quite a bit. Yeah. They were asking a lot about that because that's obviously, obviously something that the Truman sites talk about quite sure. a bit. Sure. And so this involved them. And I thought actually that it's handled in a really great way inside the Junior Ranger booklet, but I also kind of thought that it was really cool that the National Park Service thought that this sort of what is a very grown-up topic and a very difficult decision that a child should be able to have a voice. Like, what would they do to find out what a child's impression would be of that scenario? It sounds a little weird that we're talking about bombs and and whether you drop a bomb to kids, but I promise you it's it's handled in a in a, in oh, a perfect yeah. way for children. Absolutely. And I mean, we were at the Harry S. Truman historical site. I yeah. mean, you can't not... You can't avoid that. Avoid this. Yeah. You know, it's a huge factor about Truman's presidency, you know? So, so I so thought you, that was really interesting to talk to Jack and hear Jack. Art, he'll be 10 this month, and I thought it was interesting to hear his perspective on it. Totally. So so you get these books from the ranger station, and then you, you work on them, and... Some of the stuff you usually don't have to do the whole book. Usually, they, they no. tell you to pick a number of of pages. You can work on some at home in your in your RV. You can work on some in the park. Some of them are required to be in the park, and then you turn them in when you're done. Usually, you know, usually you can finish one in a yeah, day. Yeah, you it can totally finish. Days. Yeah, you can finish in a day. And you turn them into the ranger at the ranger station, and that ranger then deputizes your kids. 
as a junior ranger into the park, which is really fun oh every my time gosh. we do it. It's so cute to see any child get, like, say the oath. And they say an oath. They give you a certificate that's signed by do. the ranger. Sometimes it's... Not all. Sometimes it's, some, it's different everywhere you go. But usually you get a certificate and the ranger signs it. Sometimes they're really nice paper <laughs> certificates. Yeah. And, and then, they, but they always give you a badge mm-hmm. and the badges say the, the site that you're at. And some of them, you know, some like the national seashore ones are usually wooden, which is cool. Very cool. And our kids always want to put them on like as soon as they get them, mm-hmm. they feel so much pride in getting that badge and that accomplishment. And even though they're kind of the ones doing it and doing the steps, I feel like you and I always learn so mm-hmm. much about like what they're doing, you know, because a lot of it is new information to us as well. And it's kind of fun to do that as a family. So that's like one way you can kind of bring education and that's really hands-on in the moment as you're at the park. But they also have a ton of things you can do prior to visiting and I think sometimes even after you visited like mm-hmm. follow-up questions. So most of the stuff that they have the the National Park Service has put together, you know, it's intended for intended for teachers to use in the classroom prior to a field trip. So what that means for you, if if you're not, or you know, maybe you're a teacher and you're going to use this stuff, which is great. But what that means for the regular RVer is that it is just so well done and so detailed. So you can go to any National Park Service site's website and you can go to their education section and you can find all these curriculum materials. And they have, so for instance, I'm looking right now at the Museum of Westward Expansion, which is underneath the arch in St. Louis. There are pre-visit and post-visit activities and worksheets and things that you can, teacher guides that you can Mm -hmm. explain to kids about different things. There's one about Lewis and Clark. There's one about mountain men, Plains Indians, and so on and so forth. There's like six of them. So you can get this pre-visit stuff and and look through it and do some of the activities. And they're fun. It's kind of a cross between schoolwork and and art and coloring and fun. So it's not, it's not all work and you can learn stuff before you go and get excited about your trip. We all like to learn stuff. Learning stuff is great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. Um, (laughs) But we will have a link to an article that we wrote about for our wandering family. We talked about this a little bit over on that website and we'll put a link to that article in the show notes and it'll have some of these links to some of these sites that we've talked about to kind of help you explore a little bit more. But I think before we wrap this up, the one other thing we should talk about are the trunks. Yeah, so they park service sites have these trunks that you can check out. If you're local, you can just go pick it up, but they'll also ship them to you for like 35 bucks. Yeah. And it's it's meant for teachers in a classroom again, but you if you're a homeschooler, you can check these out. And it is a trunk full of different items related to the place that you're going to visit. So it might have different types of stone from that national park. Um, you know, it might have a beaver pelt. It might have uh, different fossils, all sorts of things that you can look at and hold in your hand and the kids can... They can experience. experience. Like they can hold in their... Yes. And I thought one was really cool for, again, we're talking about the arch. 
they had like um like an outpost where you could have the trunk sent to you and it could be like all of the goods that you would purchase if you went to like an outpost or to like a general store and you wanted to do your trading you know and i just thought that that would be what a great like kind of fun thing that would be to set up like in your home or rv or in your classroom and like have the kids experience what it would be like to go to a general store and to trade for goods and the kind of goods you would be trading for and what you would need in order to survive in that environment around the time that I think this is like like I don't late 1800s yeah. I think is what this is meant to be. So I think that's great. You know, again, it does cost a little bit of a fee to have it shipped to you depending on your location and depending on where the park is located that you're wanting to get a trunk from. They don't all offer these items either. So, but again, it's something to explore and I just think it's so great that our national parks offer these sort of enrichments for all people to enjoy the park in all different kinds of ways. Yeah, and I should I should also point out that all those worksheets and and pre and, and post visit activities they're also broken up by kindergarten through third grade, fourth through sixth grade, seventh through twelfth grade. So you've got they a practically lot of teach themselves, and, and you can take this stuff and. Use it beforehand and use it after. And then you go to the park and you don't really deal with learning at all. So if you really want to have it be a vacation experience. And we've sort of done this where you go and it just naturally brings stuff up out of your children. Yeah. They they point to things that they remembered learning about. And it sort of instills it without you having to schedule your trip as a learning environment. For sure. So if you want to know more about it, just check out the show notes and follow the link to our article from Our Wandering Family. All right. We will be back in a minute. We're going to talk about Kansas City. Everything's up to date here, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Where we're currently located right now. We we sure are. We're about to head out. We've been here for the last few weeks, but we're about to head out again. It's time to get on the road again. See you in a second. Hey, we're back. And on this segment, we are going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here we come. <laughs> so Kansas City is one of our favorite towns. Abby's from Kansas City. I am. I was born here and outside of a few short years that we lived in the South, I have been raised here as well. And I've only come to learn about Kansas City in the last Decade. several years. Decade. I was trying to be polite. <laughs> Let's just call it. It's been 10 years now. Okay, hon. <laughs> and it's such a great town. It's the heart of the Midwest. It is. It's in the middle of the country, so it's great access for Or everybody. heart of the country, I mean. Not really the heart of the Midwest. Well, I did it again. I said I wasn't going to make a gaffe this week, and I just did it. Yeah, you made a few. <sighs> just, okay. Anyway. The so. IRS is here. That's yep. how you know that it's a great location, because... Mm-hmm. It's the perfect place in the central of, Part of, the, of country. the country 
where people can send their taxes to. In fact, I learned how to drive my car in the parking lot of the IRS <laughs> building because we used to live down the street from it. So there you go. <laughs> so Kansas City. So we are here. We've been here for a few weeks now. Um, most of, if not all of my family is here, all of my friends. We came home for a high school reunion that I had. And over the last several years, especially since we've been having children, we have really learned to love and kind of, I for me, I think I've had sort of like a rekindling of my love for Kansas City because there's just so much to do here. And what's so great about it, too, is that so much of it is incredibly affordable, if not free. Yeah. The first thing you need to know about Kansas City is that it's very spread out. You will drive everywhere. <laughs> But it's there's not a lot of there's a downtown area which is great, uh, and then there's tons of forest and and it sort of segments out, and because of that there are state parks and and campgrounds right within the city limits that are affordable to RV to. Yeah, and there's a lot of really great things happening with the downtown area. It's definitely seen sort of a resurgence over the last several years. They've put in this power and light district, and also there's like the music hall, which is where a lot of the like Broadway touring shows will come. Um, but really, it's kind of like in the outskirts or like in the suburban areas of Kansas City where you're going to find like some really great gems. Like there's Crown Center, which is also near Union Station. Crown Center is named after Hallmark. Hallmark. Right. Hallmark, the Hallmark Company is based in Kansas City. So there's a lot of stuff named after them. And yes. they've got, it's a large mall called it's Crown Center. It's a large Center mall, sure. With a big Hallmark store in it. It has a big Hallmark store. It also has like Discovery Center. There's a couple of theaters in there, but they also have uh, Fritz's Railroad restaurant or Fritz's. And it's just this really cute little hamburger joint that you go and you sit down, you order from a phone at your table, and a motorized train brings you your food. And our kids just think that that is like the most amazing thing. And if you try to go to this place on a Saturday or during the summer, you're going to wait in a very long line. Um, but it's worth it, I think, for at least the experience once. It's something we always end up doing every time we go here. But over the last few years, too, what's been really nice about Crown Center is across the street, they have put in Sea Life and Legoland. So now you have a couple more attractions to kind of lure people to this area in addition to what's happening just down the street at Union Station. Yeah, Union Station is is the big old train station and it is gorgeous. Oh my it's, gosh. It's great to just go there and look at. Yes. There's also there's a walkway of a, a that connects. What's that? What's that called? A raised walkway up. Uh, there's skyway? a sky bridge or skyway. Sky bridge. Skyway. You're right. That you, you can walk through, especially when it gets cold in the winter, from Crown from Crown Center over to Union Station. Yes. And Union Station has Science City, which is a great science museum. Yes. And we get in free with our reciprocal membership. If you're if you're a member of a big science, science museum, museum or is, even like um, a natural history museum, because mm-hmm. both in Chicago, the Field Museum and the Museum of Science and Industry would get you into Science City here in Kansas City yeah. for free, which is great because on super hot days, super cold days, you can go down here and we can take the boys and they can run and play and spend a whole day in this beautiful location. 
So there's a so there's a free model trains exhibit at Union Station as yeah. well. And you can actually go to our Instagram page. There's a we've got a video on there of taking you through some time lapse of of that space. It's it's yeah. just tons and tons of model trains. If you're a big train fan, definitely yeah. go to Union Station. You can definitely head over to the RV Miles Instagram page to check that out. You can also pop over to the Our Wandering Family. Instagram page, and we have a ton of pictures from our time here in Kansas City. So if you're really wanting to get like a visual of how cool this city is, you know, definitely check out yeah. that page too. So there's an IMAX screen in yeah, Union Station. There's a planetarium now that they just opened. There's another theater in there, Kansas City mm-hmm. Actors Theater performs out of, and some other companies. So that's a great place to go. What's another great place we like to go to? In so we really enjoy going down to the plaza, which is kind of like a shopping mecca, um, really close to the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. And this is a really kind of great side, um, great area of Kansas City because Brookside is over there. It's really beautiful, sort of like neighborhood. And the plaza is really kind of, I think you would probably know it as a really well-recognized Kansas City landmark because it is completely lit up during the holiday season. They have a big lighting ceremony on Thanksgiving, and then this whole, I don't know, there's probably two, three miles of the plaza encompasses is just lit up for the holidays, and it's gorgeous. And so that's kind of a fun place to go, lots of places to shop and eat, and we usually take a trip down there, but also it's really close, like I've said, to the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, which is a free art museum. And they have just some of, like, it's the coolest collection. I mean, I'm surprised every time we go. And they have added on that modern wing, Mm -hmm. which is like, it's just so great. The the Nelson Atkins is, they well, they have one of the three copies of The Thinker outside, which is you know, worth it on its own. Yes. They've got, you may have seen this before. They've, they've got these, this <laughs> art installation that is these giant badminton <laughs> shuttlecocks, uh, shuttlecocks that are out on their lawn. <laughs> I mean, they are giant. <laughs> They're huge. I don't, our kids got yelled at for touching them. They did. They, they did. did. They oh, did. they also have, so they, <laughs> they have on the lawn there, they have this maze that is a maze of death. It's a it's all glass. Yeah. It's all it's all glass walls maze. So you can imagine already like Our kids what happens. Just <laughs> ran in there and oh. started banging their faces oh. on glass at every turn. What We saw a kid almost get knocked out. It wasn't our kid. It does not matter. Every time we go into this thing, and I say to you and I say to the boys, do not run. Do not be wild. Pay attention to where you're going, you guys. Put your hands out. Jason's like, oh, whatever. Everybody's fine. And sure enough, as soon as that comes out of his mouth, you hear thud. And our children have run face first into a glass wall and then people start crying then we're stuck inside the glass maze and we're trying to get out <laughs> and i'm no longer happy <laughs> so this thing is really cool but uh <laughs> it's also like a death trap for children <laughs> i think it's great yes of course you do so this is a great museum it's free all the time to the public there's plenty in there for 
your kids, for yourself. It's a great place to just go and and pass a couple hours or spend a whole day. What are some other Kansas City highlights? Oh, theater. We should talk about theater. Well, we mentioned a couple theaters. There there are two theaters in Crown Center and the the one at at Union Union Station. Station. But Kansas City is a great theater town. We're theater people. We love going to the theater. Absolutely. And there's just a, a ton of options and all different types of theater to see and opera and ballet and ballet. The Kansas city ballet is really just like become a major player in the national ballet scene, especially over the last several years. Mm-hmm. They have a beautiful production of the Nutcracker that we have seen a couple times already. Our seven-year-old really loves ballet, so it's a great treat for he and I to get to go and see this production. But there's also the Lyric Opera of Kansas City. The brand new Kaufman Center, which is a beautiful oh opera house. It's so gorgeous. And then there's a really great outdoor venue called Starlight Amphitheater. It's inside Swope Park, which is a big giant park that also has the Kansas City Zoo inside of it. And they just have this massive outdoor theater that brings in national tours throughout the summer and bands, concerts, one night shows, comedy and things. But if you love heat and you love humidity, (laughs) you will love starlight because in order to see these shows, you do have to sit outside in July in Kansas City. And it's very humid. (laughs) But there's not a lot of places where you can go to see national touring Broadway productions outdoors. No, I think that's magical. It's a great experience. And so Swole Park is is an awesome park. Yes. It's, It's the Kansas City Zoo. You would be just stunned at the size of Kansas City Zoo especially since they just expanded it. And yes. If you like to walk, you <laughs> will like the Kansas City Zoo. Yeah. Let's just put it that yeah. way. And also inside of Swope Park, I was just remembering this, is um, the Battle of Westport. Right. They have a historical marker there and a small little visitor center, which I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we haven't checked that well, out. No, we need to. We need to check that out. Yep. So... There's just a lot kind of going on in this one particular area. There's plenty of places to picnic and parks. And we actually just became members of the Kansas City Zoo because it's such a great thing to be able to do with our boys when we're here or even just the two of us. They have this big Africa section, right? Yes. Africa. Yeah. It, it's a it's a big loop that you go around and in the middle of it is sort of a big savanna where they have a lot of animals running wild. So you can see them from various locations around yeah. the savanna. But you can also get on a chairlift for only three bucks. They have a chairlift, just like a ski chairlift, that goes over the savanna. And you and can you can, go. you can see yeah. See all the animals running wild below it. Africa's really like its own adventure, like a whole day, almost like a whole day at the zoo because there's so much over there. And that's only been, I think, in the last like 10, 15 years that they have been putting that in and developing it. Like I think it was right before I moved to Chicago that this had kind of um, opened. So it's really great. We can't say enough about the Kansas City Zoo. They are a part of like a reciprocal program. So if you have a membership at another zoo, it could potentially get you 50 to 100% free into the zoo. So that's, you know, another little kind of incentive. All right, Gosh, let, we had... Let's talk about the, the most important reason to come to Kansas City. Oh, are we about to hit like the big one? It's barbecue. <laughs> if you are a barbecue fan, 
This is a place to be. Yeah. Kansas City has some great barbecue. Yeah. I mean, between BB's and Jack Stack and Casey Joe's, and we just had like a little local place tonight uh, near my parents' house called The Little Pig. And what I love Gates. is there's so many you know, different types. You, you can go to Jack Stack and have a fine dining experience. Yeah, it's a little with, bit more upscale. With barbecue. Upscale and you can, barbecue. Is that a you, thing? You can, it is. <laughs> it I is mean, it Jack is Stack. at Jack Stack. I guess so. And then you can go to Gates where they sort of yell at you while they take your order. Yeah, like if you feel anxious about like ordering and pressured, I highly recommend that you actually look at Gates's <laughs> menu before you go because it's like you walk in and they're like, what do you want? What can we get you? And, and they just <laughs> slap some wet barbecue oh, meat do. on a piece of white bread and it they is so do. good. They do. It is really good. So there's a lot of really great food options. In fact, Kansas City has really kind of become sort of a foodie scene over the last... Yeah. I know that's such a trendy word, but there are a lot of really great food options here in the city and a lot of like nationally recognized food options from locally sourced and locally grown and um, farm to table. And then, of course, we just talked about barbecue. There's been a real There's great bre- breweries. There's breweries. Beer. Boulevard. Boulevard mm-hmm. is, I mean, if you come to Kansas City, you got to get yourself a Boulevard wheat. Um, you know, there's also several other, and I'm sorry I'm forgetting their names, but there are several other breweries here in the city. The coffee scene, if you are like me and you cannot go like without your morning coffee and your mid-afternoon coffee, then you're going <laughs> to lo- <laughs> And your late afternoon coffee and your early evening coffee. Just give it to, just That's all I drink all day long. Um, you're going to love Kansas City because there are also a lot of really great local coffee shops all throughout the city. We had some great coffee at this area called West Bottoms. We did. Which is, it's sort of an old manufacturing district, right? Uh-huh. It's a lot of warehouse buildings yep. and stuff. And they've been converted into these sort of antique shops and arts and craft shops where on the first weekend of the month, is it? I think it's the first weekend, yeah, of you, every month. You get to go through all these shops that they're only open then, and you can explore them, and it's a big experience with food trucks and all kinds They're, of yeah. and bands and things like that and it's people cool. hang out and you you can go antiquing and and buying some cool crafty items and yeah i mean if that's kind of your thing looking for the vintage looking for the bargain you know things that you can rehab or have already been rehabbed and repurposed you will love the west bottoms but in addition to that so there's that little like antiquing vintage little side but if you're a thrill seeker I mean, Kansas City is great as well because we have Worlds of Fun, which is an amusement park. We have Oceans of Fun, which is a water park. And then in the last several years, the Kansas Speedway has come in, which I know it's on the Kansas side of Kansas City, but it's still within a decent drive. We should explain that most of Kansas City, most of the... Sorry, sorry, Kansas. Most of the good stuff is on <laughs> is in Kansas City, Missouri. I think if anyone is listening in Wyandotte County right now, we're going to get a really angry email from somebody in the dot. But Kansas but, City, Kansas, Wyandotte County has been upping their game lately. They did. And they've got the Speedway. They and got the Speedway. There's a lot of stuff around the Speedway that's cool to go to. They well. got a Cabela's. They got a Cabela's. They got a Cabela's. Yeah, Kansas got the Cabela's. Missouri true. did not get the Cabela's. So They've got the REI, too? They've 
got the REI. And the Shields. They've got the REI. Yeah. All of Jason's stores on in the Kansas side. So, <laughs> you know, so there's definitely a little bit of everything for everyone. And we have been here enough to kind of know that you can come and there's plenty of camping options in and around Kansas City. And there is plenty enough to do that you can have a really fulfilling engaging vacation here or just a little stop through too. Yeah, and if you're if you're willing to go a little bit outside of Kansas City, you can experience some really cool Harry S. Truman sites. You can. Like if you and I should say, I guess to me, I consider Independence, Missouri part of the greater Kansas City yeah, area. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that's debatable. For some of us in Kansas City, when we say Kansas City, I think we mean like all of like within a two hour drive. Like it's just all one big metro. Like area. I said though, Kansas City <laughs> itself, the proper is big. So the yes. suburbs are kind of far out. But they Independence, Missouri is a suburb of Kansas City. It is. And that's where Harry Truman was lived most of his life. So he wasn't where, born there, but no. he lived most of his life there. It's where the Truman home is. And we had a great experience touring the Truman home. We did. And so we are really proud in Kansas City of our Harry S. Truman legacy here. Um, in fact, I grew up in the same city as the Harry S. Truman farm home, which is where Truman was born and lived for, into his early 20s. Um, so passing that farm home was always just a part of like my everyday so we did that tour with our boys, which is only you can be on the outside of the grounds. The inside of the Truman Farm home is not open, but just being able to walk around the grounds and kind of see where Harry S. Truman got his start. And then to put into perspective, because this farm home is literally just planted in the middle of this just shopping, you know, there's <laughs> a Sonic the, across the street. Not much <laughs> was preserved around it. They built no. everything around they it. They built and everything around it. There's a swath of land where there's... Yeah. The, but all of this land was the Truman Farm. It was. And so you have that in Grandview, Missouri. And then in Independence, Missouri, you have the Truman Library, which is not part of the national parks, but it is the Truman Library that was built after Truman left office. You have the Truman Home, which was actually his wife Bess's childhood home. And that that is a National Park Service site. It is. When the Trumans got married, they they moved into that house and lived in it in their entire life. Yeah, and so uh, when Bess passed, she donated the home to the National Park Service. And so it has become a part of their visitor center, which is removed from the home. It's a couple blocks away. And they only take six people at a time they through do. the home, which... Is really cool because you get a really you get a private tour. We, our family pretty much made up like the whole tour. Us and a couple and a couple. couple. Yeah. <laughs> and but what is a little bit difficult about the tour if you're with small people? Just bear in mind that everything is open. Like they don't have the rooms roped off. You have to stay on this carpeted path, and you cannot touch anything. You you know, and that is that's great because you do get to just be in the space without feeling sort of like removed from the rooms that they're talking about. It's just the first floor and only a few rooms they take you through. But again, when you are with children, sometimes little hands wander. And I was proud of our boys. I think only like four or five times did we have to remind three children not to touch. And, you know, but that is something to bear in mind. How to explain how great this is. We've all been to those sort of historic home tours where 
everything is sort of dusty and not very well taken care of. No, this place this, is pristine. It's pristine. It's immaculate. They have people in to polish the silver once Yeah, a week. that was a question I asked. Like, how often do you have, how often is the home cleaned? Because I don't see a speck of dust. And the ranger had said once a week, the uh, preservation people come in and they clean everything top to bottom. And because this is the home that the Trumans lived in their entire life, you get to see little places where Harry Truman himself repaired, you know, the floor or the wall or, you know, hung a silly light. But you also are in a space where many presidents have sat. I mean, Nixon's butt sat on the couch <laughs> as well. <laughs> so. Many, many celebrities <laughs> yeah. you know, that would come to visit Truman yeah. were, you know, sat in this room, in the living room, in the parlor in their house. And it's almost it's like going to church. You're you're walking. It in this is. Space. It's a spiritual experience. It really it is, and it's really a moment is. sort of frozen in time that really represents the Trumans' life and their life together and their life outside of politics. And the visitor center really does a great job of setting that up too. And I also thought that their Junior Ranger booklet, which we've talked a little bit about already, so I won't go into too much. But I thought that the Junior Ranger booklet was really, uh, really honored Truman and the things that he stood for and really kind of imparted that to the kids and that they really sort of embraced that. They talked extensively to my mom and dad when we got home that night about Harry S. Truman. And this there's a 15-minute video inside the Rangers or in the Visitor Center that our oldest, Jack, watched, I think, three times back to back over and over because he there was just something about it. I can't exactly say what it was about this 15-minute video about Harry S. Truman that kind of starts from his boyhood to the end of when he passed. And Jack was just really into it. I think a lot of people would think that that a nine-year-old wouldn't be interested in going to see Harry Truman sites and would skip it if, you know, you've got three small children. And I, I it was such a good reminder to me yeah. that, and our kid, Jack, is not one of those kids who just kind of loves that stuff. <laughs> Jack loves YouTube and he loves video games. Yes, he does. This was just one of those things that really resonated. It just did. It resonated with him. And I think that that's, you know, you don't know until you try. And so I'm really glad that we tried with them. And I felt like each child actually sort of picked up their own little thing about Truman and the time there. Like, And so it's a small little visitor center. The tour of their home is only about half an hour. And it's all kind of in one area. A couple other things. If you're a, a Truman buff or a history buff, um, also in Independence, there you can go to the... The old courthouse. The old courthouse. We had a great experience there. I forgot about that. A private tour of Truman was on this. He was on the council or the city council council or something. And and you get to go into the the courtroom where he presided. And that tour just happened by accident. Like we were just killing time. And yeah, we there's a little store in there, and they take you in on a little private tour of it, and you get to see his study. But I'm not sure if that's. I I just want to say this to clarify. I'm not quite sure that that's what they normally do. I have no like idea. I don't know but for they took certain. Us through. But the <laughs> woman just like when she saw the boys and saw that we were kind of taking them on a Truman tour, she was just like all over it. She was she, itching to show somebody. Oh, so she, I assume if you yeah. go there with some interest, 
You won't have a problem. She will show you the courtroom yeah. and the offices and his desk where he sat. And, you know, it just, it was really cool. It just, and it was one of those fun things that, you know, happens again when you try. Like, we weren't planning on it. And it just kind of appeared for us. And it was such a good learning opportunity, not only for the kids, but again, for us. For like, us. you know, yeah. I loved it. There's a... Uh, 1800s jail, which was a lot of fun to tour. The 1859 jail in Marshall's home cost a little bit, but you, that was it, kind of pricey. Self guided tour, which was which was fun. Um, yeah, we've but, done it before, but it, it was it, if you're staying in Independence for yeah. for a day, it's a good thing to do. There's a great soda fountain across the street mm-hmm. as well, and these are all within a one block radius, yeah. two block radius of each other of the visitor center. Yeah. The jail is right next door to the visitor center, like across the. You know, a street is the courthouse and the soda fountain shop. And so you can, you know, it's not a lot of driving around. You can kind of hit these four things up just all in the same area. So, And then finally, I wanted to add, if if you're a history buff as well, the in, in downtown Kansas City, across from Union Station... Is the Liberty Memorial yes. and the World War, the National World War One Museum? So I'm so glad you remembered that. Yeah. I would have felt awful if we'd left that off. Yeah. So if if you're if you're if you're wanting to learn more about World War One or experience some World War One history, you can't miss the National World War One Museum. There you go. So that's Kansas City. On that note, we are going to do our brain teaser for this week. And then we're going to go. And then we're going to (laughs) go. So this one is camping related. Oh, my goodness. Wow. All right. Ready? You know I am. All right. 30 friends were on a hiking trip when they decided to enjoy the bonfire. They assembled for it. And for that, they divided themselves in five teams with seven members each, forming five rows. How did they manage to achieve this formation? So they're dividing themselves into five teams with seven members each, forming five rows. Okay. In a formation. Okay, I totally feel like. Okay. (laughs) I feel like this one is actually really doable, Um, and I might like this is this has piqued my interest where I actually might go off and try to figure this one out. Like I think I need to read it because I feel like there's something in there that's like secret that you're missing that tells you how they did it. So, and I'm sure there's people screaming at the <laughs> at the podcast right now. <laughs> rewind, rewind, listen. Yeah, so I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Thanks, you guys, for listening. We have just been so thrilled with the reception that we have received since we launched this podcast. So thank you. And if you're enjoying what you hear, uh, subscribe on iTunes or a five-star review would be so helpful. You can also find us now on Stitcher. Stitcher, the Google Play Store. All kind. We're in like fifty different podcast we, listings. So whatever kind of device you're using, you we can, can find be us. in your ear wherever you go now. So thanks, you guys, so much again for welcoming us into the podcast community. And we hope you keep logging those RV miles. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.